To celebrate Marketplace's 35th anniversary, we made some throwback thank you gifts you can get when you donate during this March fundraiser. We took our old .com era logo and put it on a sticker, a glass mug, a tote bag, and a t-shirt. No matter how you donate, you can get a fun piece of Marketplace history. Check them out at marketplace.org slash give tech. These limited edition gifts are only available through March 22nd. Get yours at marketplace.org slash give tech. To celebrate Marketplace's 35th anniversary, we made some throwback thank you gifts you can get when you donate during this March fundraiser. We took our old .com era logo and put it on a sticker, a glass mug, a tote bag, and a t-shirt. No matter how you donate, you can get a fun piece of Marketplace history. Check them out at marketplace.org slash give tech. These limited edition gifts are only available through March 22nd. Get yours at marketplace.org slash give tech. Creatives on strike in Hollywood aren't the only ones trying to understand how AI might affect them. From American Public Media, this is Marketplace Tech. I'm Lily Jamali. Okay, so we know that AI will change the workplace as we know it. Some industries more than others, and some countries perhaps more than others. Today, the view from China. Marketplace's correspondent there, Jennifer Pack, has been speaking to companies and workers in creative industries about this very thorny issue. She recently visited a Chinese company that's been playing around with AI to generate animations. Jennifer joined me from Shanghai to explain how workers and businesses there are thinking about AI and work. The biggest impact we've seen or heard is in the video gaming sector. Um, we've also heard of some adjacent industries like movie post-production. And what we've seen is that their production time is cut down from sometimes months down to maybe minutes. That is impressive. Of course, more productivity could lead to job cuts. That is certainly the big fear here in the U.S. when it comes to generative AI. What about businesses in China? So we've heard that some illustrators have lost their jobs, but most of the companies I've been speaking to seem more interested in picking up more projects with the same amount of workers. Here's how a visual effects and animation firm headquartered in Beijing called Base Media puts it to their staff. The boss is Chris Bremble. I tell people the creative tools are exciting, but those creative tools are still only val valuable in the hands of talented artists. So he says his firm will continue to hire and train good talent. And with China's economy slowing down, he really expects all the job candidates to at least know how to prompt AI tools. And you've also spoken to a few Chinese workers. How are they thinking about AI? Well, they think that AI will replace some workers, but maybe not the more creative ones. For example, Base Media, they're actually moving quite cautiously in this direction because it works with both clients in the U.S. and China. And while their clients in China are saying AI, 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 uh, their Hollywood studios that they're working with are asking him to guarantee that no AI was used in their work. 
Yeah, this is certainly a big issue where I'm based in Los Angeles. We have Hollywood actors and writers on strike now over the issue of copyright infringement and job security with generative AI. Why is there a difference, do you think, between the U.S. and China? I think it comes down to numbers. China has a massive labor pool. It's super competitive. And copyright has always been like an issue here, for example. But, you know, the attitude has been, yeah, you can try to fight and protect your copyright. But the market here moves so fast that by the time you do do that, your competitors have now surpassed you. Um, So a lot of workers and businesses are just seeing generative AI as another tool they have to adapt to. I think the concerns are the same in both countries. It's just that here in China, there's a much bigger fear of being left behind. And the backdrop to all of this, of course, is the economic slowdown in China, which we are certainly hearing a whole lot about here in the U.S. How does that figure into the discussion in China around generative AI? I think the people who are just about to enter the workforce or wanting to enter the workforce, because there's like whole, what, 11 million new graduates this year, um, they are obviously very worried. But for the people who have been in the industry, uh, the illustrators I've talked to are and animators have been working for about a decade, right? They already have uh, the skills. So they're not too worried. And and a lot of the businesses that I ask, um, when it, whether it's a, you know, the Chinese studio, which this animation was uh, being tested for the, the AI, and I said, well, is it going to change how you try to hire people or what you're looking for in your workforce? They all said no. There's certain, like, they still want uh, to find people who are the most creative. Uh, and these these are companies at the top of their game, right? So I'm talking to ITE, which is a 10 cent company that does animation. Um, I'm talking to Base Media, which works on blockbusters for Hollywood in China, um, a video gaming company that does like dancing kind of educational videos. And, you know, they're looking for the best talent and they want to retain them. Um, that doesn't change. They think that these workers have to be able to communicate with each other. They, you know, need to meet the scheduled demands and, you know, they need to learn how to work in a team. That's stuff doesn't really go away. Um, what I've heard is just that uh, people who have are not in the workforce are quite concerned. And so if you want to upskill, and that's always a thing here in China, um, you need to stay on top of it. So one of the employers was saying that, you know, maybe prompt engineers is going to be the next thing. So at the very least, I think they want to hire people who are willing to at least learn these new tools. What about on regulation? I mean, the U.S. has so far been pretty hands off when it comes to regulating AI. The EU has been working on its Artificial Intelligence Act. Where does China stand in this space? So the government is looking into this and they have said they're going to be releasing some uh, regulations. But how much input they're actually going to get from the average worker or people in uh, related industries, it's quite unclear. But certainly they are going to come out with it. Previously, China has uh, allowed new industries to flourish without much regulation and then kind of try to implement it afterwards to fix some of the problems. That's what we're seeing in the tech sector right now. But in terms of AI, I think they're trying harder to get ahead of the game just because they could see the potential impact it could have on the workforce. That was Marketplace correspondent Jennifer Pack. That fun audio clip you heard at the top of this episode, well, that's from Jennifer's visit to Base Media, a company that specializes in visual effects and animation. 
There's much more of her reporting from there, including pictures of cartoons before and after animators applied their AI tools. We've linked to it on our website, marketplacetech.org. Also seems like a good time to plug a week-long series we recently aired here on Marketplace Tech about the implications of artificial intelligence on people's work day-to-day. The series is called AI on the Job. It explores topics like how generative AI might create new jobs, what it means for worker productivity, and how new AI tools might free up workers to do more creative projects. Jesus Alvarado produced this episode. I'm Lily Jamali, and that's Marketplace Tech. This is APM. We all want to be our best selves, but it can be an expensive journey. From experimenting with alternative medicine. I was working with a natural, holistic nutritionist and never really thought about the cost. To splurging on fast fashion. I'm spending, like, all my tips. I was definitely spending, like, $200 a week. I'm Rima Hreis, host of Marketplace's This Is Uncomfortable. This season, we explore the cost of self-care and the real motivations behind our spending choices. Listen to This Is Uncomfortable wherever you get your podcasts.